Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast with Cincinnati host Stephen Brittingham. Experience meaningful and in-depth interviews with Hollywood's most interesting people. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Carrie Mitchum. You can contact host Stephen Brittingham anytime by email. Send your thoughts or feedback to hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon. And now, here's your host, Stephen Brittingham. Hi, everyone. I am your host, Stephen Brittingham. You are listening to your home for meaningful interviews here on Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. Speaking of meaningful, my guest today strives for meaning both in her artistic projects and her daily life. Director and screenwriter, and trust me, no doubt so much more, Elizabeth Blake Thomas returns to discuss several topics. This includes her heartfelt new film, Evie Rose, now available on Amazon Prime Video. How about I go ahead and just say that I strongly recommend you view it uh, as soon as possible. Excellent film. She is also here to discuss her podcast, Filmmaking Without Fear. Uh, It's a podcast that I also recommend and enjoy listening to, especially for aspiring filmmakers out there and actors as well. A lot to benefit from it. She also has a new website and service titled Medicine with Words. And you know what? No doubt there'll be a little bit more to discuss as well. And she also happens to have a very talented daughter, uh, such a a lovely and talented young lady, Isabella Blake Thomas. It is my pleasure to have Elizabeth back on the podcast today. Welcome back, Elizabeth. Oh, thank you for having me. It's lovely to be back. Well, it's so nice to be speaking with you again. Wow, this is uh, very exciting, and I'm so happy that you um, were interested in returning and spending some more time with me. Well, I always appreciate other people giving me their time and offering me these opportunities because, you know, if it wasn't for these opportunities in the beginning, then um, I wouldn't be where I am. Everybody has helped with my journey, and this is just one of those moments that was part of it. Uh, That is wonderful perspective. And you know, uh, Elizabeth, I have to tell you, I've had guests join me from uh, all across the country here in the States, uh, Paris, um, at a hotel lobby after a long flight. That happened once. Also, a few times inside cars. Sometimes they were moving and sometimes they were not. They were parked. But you know what? I think you uh, actually take the cake. Because you uh, are joining me from your home, which you, which uh, is actually a boat. <laughs> that is correct, and it's, uh, <laughs> it's very amusing because some people kind of get it straight away, and other people say to me, "But you live on the boat, and 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 how do you? Where's your bathroom? And and how do you do? You take it out." And what does that look like? And they can't quite grasp it. And especially when I tell them that it's not this, you know, 100-foot yacht. They're like, you live in that space? Um, (laughs) And then the funniest thing is I'm actually even downsizing in the sense of I got myself a a VW bus. And I've actually put most of my things on here, except my clothes, which are still on the boat. 
so that I can now live in both places and I can take myself off and travel. Uh, so I definitely have that kind of nomadic lifestyle in me. That is wonderful. And I have a strong connection to, you know, uh, water, the ocean, the sea, however you want to put it. Uh, for me, it helps me to feel grateful it helps me to reflect in a calming manner, and it really stirs my artistic juices. I'm wondering, is that the kind of impact it has on you if you're writing, for example, or, or coming up with a, a new film idea, perhaps? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And that, that was the reason why I live on it, because it just takes you away from the busyness of life. And people that live on the boats because there are quite a few of us called liverboards who are very much in tune with taking a little bit of a slower pace. And obviously the industry that I'm mostly in is not about being a slow pace. So when you, you're here, which is also why I got the bus to take myself off to places, you need to remove yourself from the day-to-day -day harassments, um, technology, anything else. And there's nothing better. I, I, I call it going and having a board meeting because I go on my paddleboard and I go and sit with the sea lions <laughs> and talk to the fish. And, and that's very important to do um, because otherwise life passes you by. So the, the water definitely has that effect on me. Any of the photos I've seen of you on your boat or perhaps Isabella as well, they're, they're very appealing, very enjoyable. And I just want you to know, I, I can totally get it. I can totally understand why you would uh, mm -hmm. uh, like to uh, reside on a boat and, and near the water. I also think of it, though, in a way, kind of courageous, kind of like a leap of faith. Because not everybody would be so comfortable going, hey, I'm actually going to live on a boat. And here's why. So I kind of wanted to tip my hat to you that I kind of find that very adventurous on your part. Yes, thank you. Well, you know, it's just part and parcel of, of everything that I do and what I'm about. So um, it's one of those situations that, you know, it just adds to my, I don't know, I suppose my colorful background. Um, that's what this is all, all for. And the dog seems to be quite at home on the boat. Yes, yes. She, um, she's funny because she's actually scared of water. So she kind of doesn't realize we're on it. Um, so when we're passing to get on it, she goes, she's a little bit scared. And then when she's on it, she's got no concept. It's like she's scared of um, heights as well. So when we head towards the airplane, she doesn't like it. But when we're on it, she's got no idea. But she's very happy. As long <laughs> as she's with me, life's good. Well, I wish you all the best uh, while uh, continuing to reside on on. on the boat, your home. I did have a, a, another question about the boat, if you don't mind. I was just wondering, oh, no. when you go back a few years, what was Isabella's response when you, um, you know, made this decision or how involved was she in the process? So the, um, I mean, Isabella is very much like me. Home is not a structure. It's, um, it's where we are together. So she's always open to anything and we can be in a, a tiny one bed studio apartment and be just as happy as if we were in a, you know, probably happier than a, a hundred room mansion. So for her, it, it didn't matter as long as she was with me. Uh, but the, the boat buying experience was, I'll give you the short version, was definitely sure. something that I'm 
are kind of known for, which is spontaneous. And, um, and so I knew I needed a space. I knew I needed a workspace. I wanted something to take us out of. We had a little one-bed apartment, but I didn't want anything too far. I needed to walk to it. And I was looking at a mobile home in Hermosa. I was looking at all sorts of, you know, maybe I'd get a caravan. Who knows what, what would work? And, um, and I, I, was, I do this every night. I try and, I, you know, it's important to expand and look at different things. And I knew nothing about boats. And this boat was for sale in, you know, a five minute walk from where we lived in the little harbour here. And I said to her, I'm just going to go along tomorrow morning. I'm just going to take a look. Um, I'm not going to buy it, obviously. I just need to see what it's like. And Isabella said, Mommy, please don't buy it. Please don't buy it. Because she actually doesn't understand at the age of 14 then that it's OK that an adult can just go and buy something if they thought about it. To her, it was an immediate decision. And she was, you know, why would we want a boat? And I think she also enjoyed being a bit of a mother. And, you know, her and my mother both saying, you mustn't go and spend that money, you know. Um, but I, I came along and looked at it. And I think it was maybe 20 minutes. I called her up and said, can I have my social security card number? And she said, you bought the boat, haven't you? And I said, yes. <laughs> and then I called my mum and I said, I bought the boat. And she said, oh, good. Does it work? <laughs> I said, I don't know. I need to try the engines. I'm not buying it to use. And I went back and it was. Oh, that's cool. But it's definitely something that I just <laughs> knew. I knew I needed. I knew I wanted. It was It was the best decision. And then that became two years. That became our kind of our office space, our place to go to as the extra space. And then when Isabella got the Disney film Secret Society of Secondborn Royals, because we were going off to Canada to film, you know, we'd moved into an apartment that it was just, I just didn't need that space. It was ridiculous. So we put everything into storage and moved on to the boat and we've lived there ever since. So two years now. <laughs> two years now. Well, I think that is just uh, fantastic. <laughs> Full time. It's divine. It is. It, I, no regrets. And Isabella loves it. She's got a lovely room in the V-birth. And again, we make things cute. And, you know, you put fairy lights on everything and suddenly everything looks like a home. <laughs> and I like what you were saying with Isabella's uh, approach to where home is and where and your own approach. And that is, you know, wherever the heart is, home can be as well. Very much so. As long as I have my daughter, my dog, the, the means with which to write, my hot lemon and ginger. Um, I do like a hat. Um, <laughs> then I'm good. That's all I need. You do like hats. I've noticed that. Mm. Well, you look very nice. Do I wear one every day? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I enjoy wearing them. Well, you wear them very well. They're they're very colorful and interesting. And, 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 uh, you know, sometimes I don't see that look very much anymore for some reason. So it's kind of nice to see now and then. (laughs) I feel it finishes off my outfit. (laughs) You know, I'm a bit of a, I I like the things I have. I don't waste anything. And anything I have means something. So every piece of my jewelry means something. It was either given to me, or I've collected it on my travels. So that when I look at myself, I know what these things mean. And that's why I surround myself with things like that as well. And, you know, that's kind of my methodology for everything I do. Very nice. Well, if you, you, you keep the things that have some sort of meaning and value to you instead of something exactly. like, why do I have this? It's 10 years old and I've never Mm -hmm. even looked at it. So that's good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I gave a description of you, you know, obviously of such a talented uh, female film director 
And the reason why I said female is that, you know, I think many are thinking of you as an inspiration for other uh, women in film. Uh, I can tell you I'm a man, but you inspire me as well for so many reasons. But I thought, Elizabeth, I'd give you a chance to add to my description because there are several things that I did not mention. What else would you like to add to this to the description that pertains to yourself? <laughs> well, I suppose for me, I'm thinking about the last five years because that, that's what it is. I, In fact, it's almost to the day. You know how Facebook shows you your memories. When I mm-hmm. went on a, a location scout for my very first feature, and that producer gave me a quarter of a million dollars. And I'd never, I'd never been to film school. I'd never directed anything other than theatre. I was a theatre director in the UK. Um, and so five years of this journey is something that I feel is important for me to stop, look at, pat myself on the back and say, that, that, that was a good run. You've really, you know, I've given myself my own um, film school, school of life, school of LA, because previously to that, you know, my focus and still is obviously, because when they turn 18, you have a, you know, a different job as a mother, but my, my focus was, was Isabella. So from, from age zero for me to 24 was about me and what I was doing and directing theater and part of that. And then, you know, you have this child in your life that I wanted to give my full-time care to, and especially being in the industry. So the last five years were really that moment of what, what am I going to do? Who am I? Finding that again. But the revelation that really occurred from it was in this last year, this great pause that's happened. And I suppose that's what I enjoy telling people about because everything else is still true. Everything, I'm the ambassador for Awareness Ties. Um, I have, you know, directed 10 feature films. I have got my second podcast out now. My books are out. You know, all of those things are all true. But really what I came to understand about myself over this um, great pause was that I am a storyteller. And somebody might say, well, of course you are. A filmmaker is a storyteller. That's not what I mean. I mean it so much deeper than that. I mean it's so much more connected to my purpose, my bliss. And I'm not trying to just use airy-fairy words, but the connection with what I want to do when I wake up every day that allows me happiness, that can bring that into my day-to-day life. Because, you know, I'm not sure we're all aware of this, but we only have one life and one go at this, so I want to do it well. That has given me this understanding of why I do what I do. So now my choices are slightly different. So I think that the understanding of who I am, what I am, has just grown exponentially over this last year. Um, And that's why it's so exciting to actually come back onto your podcast, because I've still got that energy and I've still got that understanding of everything that I'm about. But I feel like there's a, a better purpose now. There's not a better purpose. I already had this purpose, but an understanding of what my purpose is. So if I was to add anything, it would just be the reason behind, <clears throat> excuse me, the reason behind what I do with everything now. And, um, and that has led me to, you know, medicine with words 
and me being able to guide people in a much clearer way, even though I've been doing this all the time, there's just a clarity that I've found. Thank you for sharing that, Elizabeth. Um, obviously, you have learned lessons, had personal growth during the pandemic, because I'll tell you what, it would be a missed opportunity if folks didn't have some greater understanding of themselves or new layers of appreciation for whatever it is that they enjoy doing in life. And you just laid that out there so nicely. So thank you for sharing all of that. I was going to ask you how the pandemic has impacted you. And that was a wonderful answer. Uh, I, I should add that when you first joined me, in case anybody's listening out there and has not listened to it, Elizabeth shared her artistic journey with me, like where she's from and how she got to the States and, and all of that good stuff. So I just wanted to say to the folks out there, in case you're wondering why I have not asked her, I actually, I did quite a while ago. And, and I would like to encourage folks to to definitely listen to that interview. It was a wonderful conversation with you at that time. Uh, maybe I should go back and listen to it. It would be interesting for me. <laughs> well, well, help yourself by all means. Well, let's see. You mentioned this website. I think it's a great time for uh, me to bring it up. Would you let the uh, listeners know, you know, what is the website all about? Yes, I, um, I like to to say it in one very simple way, which gets people thinking which is that if you, for every word spoke, were given a dollar, but for every word you didn't speak, were given two dollars, we would all talk a lot less. And that is really something that sums up what I'm about. It's about saying to everybody, let's reassess what we do. Let's retell our stories in different ways. Let's rethink how we work. Let's utilize what we have here to be for good means as opposed to putting negative things out there. So I work with individuals, groups, either in person, on Zoom, helping people, guiding people. I don't like to use the word teaching in all honesty because I feel like I am guiding because everybody has their own goals, their own journey, to get to a place that allows them to just think a little bit more about what they do, what they say, where they want to get to. And I use several holistic methods for that, as well as um, giving people tools with which to use and utilize each day. I, I want people to be able to live their dreams. If that's something that's just, uh, you know, maybe they want to live somewhere different or maybe they want a different job or maybe they want to have a better relationship with someone. I really enjoy guiding people to get there. Um, and so I have to say I am incredibly busy with a lot of people at the moment. And I actually call them stars, not clients. So I have many, many stars at the moment. <laughs> Very nice. Well, this sounds uh, absolutely fantastic. How can folks visit the website? It is medicinewithwords.com. And I'm also on Instagram as medicinewithwords. Uh, and I'm actually already in 
two or three local places. And I also run a couple of retreats in Palm Springs. So if anybody wants to contact me, um, they can either go to that, those sites, my details are there, or on the mother-daughter entertainment. My, my number and my email is everywhere. I don't hide it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I couldn't think of a more talented and, and, and intelligent lady to assist those um, than you. So I think this is a great idea, and I really wish you the best of success with it. Thank you. I definitely something that I love more than anything because it's what I was doing anyway even when I'm directing on set it's the same thing I'm guiding people and helping them all achieve these goals that they want to by the end of the day by the end of the two weeks whatever it is and just to have that methodology that I've created now and to take that into everything that I do even talking to you today is um, I'm utilizing this methodology it's very much about breathing, stopping, embracing where we are, being present, because life just goes so quickly. You know, I have several clients that either they've got more yesterdays than tomorrows, or they've got more tomorrows than yesterdays. And, and both of those sets of people look at this in a very different way, but with the same end goal, which is to make the most of life. Very well said. I couldn't agree with you more on all of that. Um, absolutely. Well, I, another thing that is coming to mind as I'm listening to that fantastic answer, Elizabeth, is um, this is just more than a service. Um, I mean, obviously, you're you're very sincerely passionate about it, but it, it reminds me of something that I believe in, and that is artists helping other artists. Um, you know, leaving the door open so that you can get in and maybe uh, help you or guide you, mentor you, uh, encouragement. Uh, I just think that when when artists do that with other artists, just the most beautiful things can happen. Yes, it, it's a just a very important factor for me personally. And as I said, I've kind of always done it from a very young age. I've always wanted to pass things down, and. Um, and the, the best thing for me is both of my medicine with words, I actually have a, a pay what you can scheme as well, because I do believe that everybody, even if it's a dollar, the act of passing that energy, because you want to receive something, allows you that understanding of you're putting that effort in. So I believe that everything I do is for everybody. And I have several artists actually more artists than not that come to me for my medicine with words. And then at the same time, when I'm directing and I'm on set and mother-daughter entertainment, that whole process is about having other artists who want help. Literally, people will message me and say, I'm looking to do this. And I'll say, great, come and work. Come and do that for me. Come and be part of it. Come and do what you can. Do you want to come <laughs> on to set? Excellent. Let's do it. Because I needed those opportunities and they weren't actually available. And so I wanted to make sure that that was available. And I think I spoke about this a little bit last time. Because I have a daughter, I'm even more aware of I would like somebody to do that for my daughter, somebody to do that for my child. So I have to act the way I would like people to act to me or with me or for me. Um, and if you don't do that, then, then I'm a hypocrite. So it's very important that I help guide all of these young people to be the best that they can. And, you know, I always say to them, don't forget me. 
don't forget me when you're famous. Don't forget me when <laughs> you know you've achieved everything you're supposed to achieve. And actually, return be, the favor. Exactly. <laughs> be, in a in a selfish way, the buzz that I get from doing that astronomical, astronomical. Hmm. The pleasure I get from that. But it does mean that what I need to do is, and I've learned this over the great pause, is to give myself the time out. Because I take on everybody else's energy so much that actually when the time comes to have that pause, I take myself off now and I allow myself that time to heal because otherwise I was just going to burn myself out. I see. Well, I have to tell you, I'm just so impressed with your perspective. I just think it's just fantastic. And, and I really appreciate you sharing all of that. And I do hope folks out there will have a visit to the website. It's, uh, it's a very appealing website and has all the information that, that one would need to get in contact with you. It's also very simple because I also just want everybody to understand that it's not about technology. So I didn't want it to be that it's just very, there's an Instagram and there's a website, but please call or please interact with me. Yes, I, I, I like that approach. Um, I mean, uh, all the uh, extra additions to something or extra toppings are nice, but, you know, it's the heart of the matter that's really the, 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 the key factor there. So exactly. once again, wonderful perspective, and, and I hope folks out there will listen to it if that sounds like something they would like to uh, have a look at. And I, I must say, I am very much looking forward to uh, giving you, you an opportunity to speak about uh, one of your latest films that is currently available on Amazon Prime Video. Um, it's not uh, an overly long film. It's, I believe it's about 36 minutes. Um, I could be off a minute or two, but uh, over just over 30 minutes or so. And um, I have to say this bef- before I let you speak about the film. Um two main things that that stand out to me. And one is I love special effects in films. I'm constantly amazed at what can be done on film. I mean, I'm just as amazed as I was as a young boy in the cinema back in the eighties. But I have to tell you that a film like this film, these special effects is the emotions and the feelings. And is just as magnified for me when I watch it as if I'm watching a film with a really exciting car chase. So I just wanted to say you achieved, um, you know, uh, touching me in a, in a really big way. And, and the second thing I'd like to say is that, you know, this film explores a friendship between a young lady and a much older lady, an elderly lady, and um, yet they have bonded over the years. This incredible relationship. And I have to share with you, Elizabeth, I was raised by my grandmother. And for a long time, I didn't even know that she was my grandmother. And then one day, of course, she broke the news. But I felt that sense of urgency that your daughter, Isabella, who is one of the stars of the film. When I was watching her, you know, during the scenes, it just reminded me of me, of how I always wanted to be there for her. I wanted her to know I loved her and appreciated her. And also, I will say, because the older lady, her health is declining, is that 
that panic you have secretly inside, quiet, like you have this panic that you're running out of time. You, you want to try to stop it. You, you want to try to take in every moment. And Isabella nailed it. And I just wanted to share that with you. But um, how about you give a little bit more of a description of the film? And this film features a lady from classic Hollywood as well. Yes, I mean, that was an excellent description. Thank you for, for sharing your truth as well. That's, that's incredible. And I think probably there are more stories like that out there than we know. And obviously the relationships that we have with our grandparents or, you know, the older generation are, um, are incredibly important. And this is based totally on a true story. It's Isabella and her best friend, Minnie, who um, she knew when we first moved to uh, L.A. when Isabella was 10. And she was her best friend for six years, a very, very special lady. And actually, even though everyone says, oh, well, of course, she was going to die at, a, you know, 100 because she's 100. Actually, she didn't need to. It was a misdiagnosis with the hospital. But unfortunately, at that age, you know, once something deteriorates, it's very difficult to rectify it. So this was a very uh, difficult time for Isabella. And I believe that the best therapy for her was to write it in a story and to have something as a memory for her and Minnie to have forever. And so we found the lovely Terry Moore, who's obviously, as you said, an iconic Hollywood actress. And the pieces seem to fit perfectly together. Um, and Isabella wrote it. We actually wrote it as a feature, uh, but two things happened that were totally out of my control. We were all ready to shoot. We had locations, we had everything arranged. And then Terry actually broke uh, four ribs uh, or three ribs, four days before we were about to shoot. And so I got a phone mm. call saying that this had happened. Um, and I said, oh, okay, no worries. Let me think about it. Put the phone down, called her back up and said, okay, so does Terry, but Terry really wants to do the movie, the lady had said. I said, so is Terry capable of doing the movie? Because we could move everything to her house. I'll have my crew, we'll shoot it in four days and we'll move everything to her house. And Terry said she wanted to do it. So that's why also all the scenes are on the sofa because I did have other scenes where she was walking around and doing things, but she'd broken her ribs, so couldn't move. So we had to alter everything. But, you know, I love, I love a challenge, and this was a reason and something to, um, to experience. And um, everybody pulled through. But when I then went back to look at the footage, I realized that actually I had a beautiful, shorter project than a feature. So I've made this my second act. And actually, I will be filming a first and a third in a different way, because I think this is so powerful in itself. But Isabella's emotions and the story and the truth behind what she's feeling is exactly that truth. So that's hopefully why it came across so well on screen. And also, my mum watched it, actually, and she's, she's a good critic for me. And she said, wow, she said, I, I had tears. And so um, it's not to make people cry, but it is to make people leave the, the film and say, I'm just going to call my grandma. I'm just going to call my mum. I'm going to call my grandfather. I'm going to call my great uncle Pete. You know, that's the purpose of it, just to remind us of those relationships. Well, truth is exactly the results of... Um Isabella's performance, and uh, thank you for that wonderful, uh, detailed description of the film and 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 your feelings behind the script as well. 
Um, yes, I'll tell you what. Another thing that Isabella did so well was um, is, is, is how a person in that situation can try to just um, try to find a way to say goodbye and accept the situation. If they know that perhaps it is going to end in, in a way that, you know, very unfortunate and we wish we had more time. You know, I have to tell you, based on my own experience, there can be a delayed reaction. You can be like, you know, I'm going to keep this going and I'm not ready for this to end. And I just have to commend Isabella. She really uh, propelled all of those emotions up front. And uh, it was a very sincere performance by everybody. And I liked, um, I just liked your approach with the film. It's like you just had this set up. The scenes were set up nicely, nice shots. And uh, I was touched by the conclusion as well, Elizabeth, during the credits with the song from Isabella, I believe, Wishing on a Star. And then after you see the film, you're like, wow, this really is... um, this, this film is really a tribute to the real lady that you mentioned. And I have to tell you, I'll just be straight up honest. Um, I, I'm in tears. I'm getting teary-eyed now. But I definitely shed some quick tears after I heard Isabella sing that. And then I saw the real photos of Millie. And I just mm-hmm. have to say mm-hmm. that, you know, moments in time, we just have to appreciate them while they're here. And, and your film, I think, has a lot, has, that's what it says to me, is, is appreciate your moments in time, because it does often go by quicker than we would like. And that, that is exactly it. And when some people make their films, you know, we, we, we possibly overthink the reason or the story. And for me, this was like a play. It was a play of these people mm-hmm. on this last day, And Isabella was there on Millie's last day and she held her hand as she passed. I mean, I've never experienced that. And Isabella, age 16, sat there and held her hand and she was the one in the room. And Millie passed and she said she felt her go through her. And that, to me, is why Isabella could bring such an organic uh, quality to the role. Because it really was replaying that moment. And... um, and therefore, yes, the, the, the whole conclusion with, obviously, I put in a father as opposed to a mother for this setup. But it was similar reasons. You know, Isabella found this person to connect with because I was busy. I was a single mom and I'm working. And she had this best friend, this lovely old lady who lived down the ro- three doors down. That was actually the original name, three doors down. Um, and, and so I think if people can leave with that feeling of, we do need to make the most of what we have. And through a simple film, as you said, there's no big VFX. I haven't got trick factors for my audience. Uh, This isn't everybody's cup of tea, but I've tried to make something of quality that has a bigger meaning. Yes. And, you know, much like the way a book can, Elizabeth, um, let me just tell you that when it was over... It reminded me of like being quiet and still right in our mind, like just sitting there or standing there in a room and suddenly you're transported back to that feeling you had spending time uh, with someone in exactly the same way in the film with someone much older than me and just how much I cherish and miss it to this day. Um, 
And I just wanted to say, you know, that's how I felt at at the conclusion of your credits. I was quiet for a good five minutes, just um, just kind of re-experiencing that feeling again. Thank you. Well, I do feel as well, you see, my when I, I do eventually film my act three, it's actually then about Isabella as an older person dealing with that grief oh. because I feel like it's very much, okay, somebody's passed, now you're okay, now you get on with life. You know, and as we all know, if you've lost somebody that close to you, that's not what happens. And actually that little piece of something that is there in you, it might not get bigger, but it doesn't leave and everything grows around it. So constantly, I'd say almost every couple of days, we have a moment of, oh yes, that was just like Millie. Or do you remember Millie used to say that? And so (laughs) I feel that it's very important to show what that's like for people and how it's okay to still miss people. Isabella will always miss Millie. That's okay. And, and it's sad, but to have had what she had is, um, is incredible. Well, I have to uh, commend you all for doing such a outstanding job all the way around and please let Isabella know just how touched I was by her performance. And I, I like that idea of, of, of another act to the to the story of uh because um it's true um some people do have this way of just kind of moving on but many don't where even if they do appear to move on they have um repressed grief i like to call it where it you know they they kind of put it to the side but if they keep doing that it just finds a way to fester up and can even impact your your present day life and and i think that would be a wonderful idea so um, I would like to encourage people to see it. And, and like I said, a, a, a lady from classic Hollywood, what was it like working with Terry Moore? Oh, I mean, just wonderful. And it's funny because I watched her classic film, Come, Come Home Little Sheba, um, only a couple of months ago, actually. And then I read her book, Beauty and the Billionaire, after that. So for me to have worked with her, I'm glad I worked with her as an older lady before I knew what she was like as a younger girl because um, I was able to watch that and go, wow, look, look what she was like and how beautiful she was. And yet she still had that when I worked with her. Um, and it's, it's just hmm. different in her experiences and the story she has to tell. Again, taking me back to being a storyteller, her stories are unbelievable you know she always talks about jimmy jimmy and it's like you mean jane bean you know it's 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 (laughs) phenomenal wow wow i mean think of all of the that the leading men or just um uh, both men and women that she just knew from classic hollywood it's really a mind-boggling. Um, just the other day, I had a guest who appeared in Splendor in the, the Grass with Natalie Wood, and I thought, how lucky am I to be able to ask a lady what it was like working with Natalie Wood? Yes, I agree. I agree. I, I, I got her to sign my book the other day because I thought, yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> She's the last classic Hollywood lady. Yes. And folks, if you don't know, this lady did receive an Academy Award nomination for the film you mentioned, Elizabeth, Come Back Little Sheba. And for those of you who don't know, Columbia Pictures, back in the days when studios actually owned contracts of actors, uh, did a little trade with RKO for 1949's Mighty Joe Young. Mm -hmm. And I just thought I'd mention that for some film trivia out there. Um, well, thank you for sharing that, um, 
Wow, I really enjoyed this conversation so much about your uh, film, Evie Rose. I, I, again, I love the song at the end and those real pictures. It just kind of, uh, uh, it just kind of sums it up neatly and, and so well. Very emotional. Thank you. Well, I would love to ask you, you know, going in a different direction. I'll tell you, you have all kinds of different <laughs> directions and topics. And, and that is, you wound up doing what I do, which is a podcast. And as soon as I heard that you were going to do a podcast, Elizabeth, I really said to myself, I'm not really surprised. <laughs> I mean, I, sh- I probably should have anticipated this. So I enjoy listening to it. I, it's interesting approach. It's you and another gentleman that you um, uh, have uh, to discuss t- topics at hand. Some of the episodes are six, eight, 10, 12 minutes, uh, the ones that I've been listening to. And yet I feel like I walked away listening to something that was like 30 minutes because you share, you get to the point and you really share things in a very pleasant manner. So please tell people about your podcast of Filmmaking Without Fear. So the first the first season, which is this one, which is with my DP, Duncan. Uh, Duncan has been my DP on, on 95% of my projects. And, um, and I thought it was a, an excellent way of us, almost for ourselves, to go back over what we did and what we've learned as we've grown together. Uh, and it was something I, I actually filmed and, and recorded with him uh, before the, uh, the great pause. And I was getting around to putting it together, but you know, life takes over. And then the great pause allowed me to go, right, now's the time. So we put the pieces together. It was very important as well that I wanted it to be only, you know, as you said, on average, eight to 10 minute pieces, because sometimes that's enough and that's all you need to listen to. And, uh, you know, I, as I said, with my initial concept of medicine with words, one dollar for, for words you say, two dollars for words you don't. So I would prefer people to listen to something worthwhile. I get to the point, I give them an understanding and they can come and go as much as they please. And then my second one has just been released now, which is still under the same umbrella, but it's storytelling. And actually, I do that one with Isabella. So uh, Isabella and I discussed because she was part of these stories and we discussed Evie Rose and how we wrote it and what went into it. And then I've got my third one, which I won't be recording until later on, uh, second, third quarter of this year, which will be living uh, without fear. So I have my filmmaking without fear, storytelling without fear, living without fear. Wow. Um, and the books will accompany those as well. So my, my filmmaking without fear book comes out 20th of April. Um, and, um, it is, it's a very, yes, it's a very exciting uh, time for people to be able to just take bite-sized pieces of, of what I do and what I say uh, and, and learn from it and do what mm-hmm. they need to from it. Very exciting. Very exciting. And what has doing a podcast um, taught you artistically? Well, I, I suppose... What has it taught me? I suppose, um, I mean, I always go into everything without the fear of it. So I was never, I was never thinking, oh, mm-hmm. I couldn't do this. Um, I mean, right. I, I suppose it's just about the quality of it. You know, I wanted to make sure that when yes. I did put something out there, that it was worthwhile. It's not just me speaking. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't <laughs> learn anything from it. I'm just glad I did what I did. There you go. 
you're enjoying it and you've got something to say, you say it well. I like how there's also a wide variety of topics, film festivals, for example, film schools. Um, I, you also had a great discussion because I think it's very relevant for artistic uh, folks, and that is, you know, you can be extremely talented, and you can have the idea ready to go, and uh, all you have to do is walk out that door and start doing it. And yet, fear, and that's a part of your title, so it makes sense, fear or self-doubts, whatever it might be, can can hold you back. And I think your podcast says, well, you know what, let me tell you about that. You can actually go ahead and, and give it a try. And even if you don't go as far as you might want to right away, you know, it's the journey. I think your podcast really focuses on the journey of, our, of an artistic person, not just the end means. Exactly, exactly. I, I very much uh, guide people on that because I'll say to them, you know, where, they, I'll ask people, where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? And often I can say to them, well, you're actually already there now. You're actually already doing that. And that recognition is huge. And then also people just generally need permission. So I can give them permission and say, you're okay to do this. Go for it. No one, there, there is no wrong. You need to just start. Uh, and yes. So that, that's exactly my title. And the power of audio. I, I, I love podcasts in general because isn't it fascinating, Elizabeth? There's just such a wide variety of different approaches. And you know what? You know, when you hear an interview on the um, AM radio station, it's it's wonderful. But then you have commercials, and then you don't always have enough time. And isn't it nice that you have a platform where you can speak either as short or as long as you wish? Exactly. I think what we have so far in this world is the opportunity for so many things. And we have so many spaces to have a voice. And that's why, again, I want it to be about quality, not quantity. That's very important to me. I don't want other people to be wasting their time on things that aren't going to help them and guide them and educate them and mentor them. There has to be a bigger purpose. Well, I always think of you as a, a woman of high quality who happens to have good taste in hats. Oh, so that's, that's one of the uh, perspectives I have of you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> well, before I ask you... Um, uh, a, a question about the state of Hollywood. I would like to uh, give you this opportunity to share. You, we did mention it here and there. I mean, how can folks really track you down? Would you mind just giving your Instagram or and the website information again at this time? Anything you'd like to let people know how to learn more about you? Of course. So I'm at Elizabeth underscore B underscore T. Um, and I am you literally type my name into Google and I appear everywhere at medicine with words. Um, I'm in good ways though. Exactly. Yes. Nothing bad yet. And then I'm also mother and daughter ent ENT for mother and daughter entertainment. That's the at mother and daughter ent. Um, and then my website is the same, uh, www. I'm to work it out now. Mother and daughter. I think it's still mother and daughter ent up there motheranddaughterent.com, yes. Um, and then um, my emails, cell numbers, everything's all online. Yes. Well, thank you for providing that. And uh, this has been, oh boy, I thought the first conversation was so good and this is just as good and then some. So I'm so grateful that you 
uh, took some time to spend with me today. Uh, I thought I would end because you would know there on your boat, because I know you do leave your boat from time to time, <laughs> and, and you know the pulse of, of, of Hollywood, of course. So just, you know, there is a lot of positive things going on uh, across the world at the moment. I mean, lots of big steps are being taken, but that doesn't mean there really wasn't a a blow, you know, a big punch in the gut, so to speak. So my question is, I mean, how do you feel about the state of Hollywood as far as the healing process? I mean, do you feel that there's going to be more activity uh, this year, maybe over the summer? Or uh, what's your thoughts on the state of Hollywood due to the pandemic at this point? Well, I think it depends which um, area of Hollywood you're in. The indie productions are still going on. You know, we, we, I filmed yes. my latest feature in November. Um, I had a COVID compliance officer on set. I had a crew of 30. I, it's called Will You Be My Quarantine? And it's going to be out in the next couple of months. It features Jodie Sweeten from Fuller House and David Nipper, Alec Mapper, Danielle Perez. I mean, my cast is phenomenal. Um, and I was able to do that. And I am in pre-production for my next feature. So the indie world is still continuing. Um, it's hard, but it's always been hard. And then I think the bigger studios are, you know, they're putting things in place, but whether they're actually going ahead or not depends on whether they are already um, already set up for that certain project. So certain TV shows have obviously just readdressed the way they do things, and now they're currently able to continue working because they have it all set up. They're not casting new people. They're not doing things in different ways. And then again, they have their COVID compliance officers set there. The, um, the bigger studios who maybe have got features and they have been pushed. You know, I know one feature that's been pushed three times this year so far. Um, it, it, everybody's working. The, the, the physical aspect of going out, uh, you know, having agents and managers and auditions, um, they're all on Zoom still. You know, nobody's doing in-person meetings. But things are happening. It just depends what you want to do. And we just have to look at things in slightly different ways. You know, how about the state of cinemas, though? Because, I mean, obviously, everybody, most folks know that it's basically was shut down for a period of time. It struggled to regain its its leggings, so to speak. There has been some um, um, good moments with uh, the Wonder Woman 2 uh, film and uh, Tom and Jerry. <laughs> believe it or not, this is very good news because I found, I believe it was 14 million under the circumstances with limited seating and streaming on HBO Max that was actually rather impressive. That was kind of a, of a positive sign I took. But it still makes you wonder uh, just when cinemas can be full again and just how difficult a film like a James Bond, which I just cannot wait to see. This is just killing me, Elizabeth, just so you know. Um, but boy, I, I worry about films like that. And I'm wondering about with all the streaming services, do you think we're headed towards a different type of viewing experience in the long run regarding cinemas? Well, I definitely feel everybody is itching to get back to the movies. And of course, you're going to have some people that are you know, uh, fearful of what that looks like in a COVID world and who's had vaccines and what are you doing sitting in a screen like that? I think drive throughs have tried to come back, but, you know, they don't offer the same experience. It's not the same. I think yes. everybody is probably a little bit fed up of streaming now. I mean, you know, we're joking about having seen everything that's on Netflix or on Hulu. Of course, there's, there's a lot more content that's still out there. 
and I apologize to Scorsese for using the word content, um, but it's, um, it is definitely a case of for the individual. I'm looking forward to going back to the movie theater, mm-hmm. but I actually never went to the movie theater that much, but I enjoy an experience that's different to a lot of movie theater goers. I actually enjoy it as part of a meal, as part of a drink, as part of an experience, as if it's my home, but yet on the big screen. Other people want to go to the movie theaters and uh, go back to exactly how it was. I think there's room for everything. I think theater prices yes. need to come down, though, because they were just too expensive. Mm-hmm. I think it's ridiculous. Uh, everything is just too expensive. That pleasure of what we do in life has become too expensive. And I, I'm hoping that maybe the pandemic might have caused people to rethink that. But then equally, they might not because they, they, they might need to be making up their costs now. So I, I have to say, I, I don't want to put a, a definitive answer to that because sure. I think there's something suitable for everybody. I, I like that answer. Well, thank you for sharing your thoughts. I definitely wanted to ask you that. And I tell you, I miss, of course, the big popcorns at the cinema. But I have to tell you, Elizabeth, I miss when I see something extra good with feeling and I walk out of the theater and the sun shines out and it just, whatever I just experienced, I'm just feeling from head to toe. I really missed that uh, from the cinema. I will tell you, Elizabeth, you brought back memories at the drive-in when I was growing up in the 80s. Um, you know, fortunately, the place that we used to go to, they didn't check the trunks very much because there was usually one or two people hiding in the trunk to avoid a, a, an admission fee. So Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. That's about the biggest trouble I got in. But um, anyway, it's just been so delightful speaking with you. And uh, I think of the name of your company, you know, the Mother Daughter Entertainment and you and Isabella. I mean, both of you are so talented, yet your own individuals and... It's just such a pleasure speaking with you again, and please give her my utmost best and in, in, in how much I really enjoyed her performance in your film. I will do, and thank you for having me. It was lovely to chat. Hollywood and Beyond Podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by Stephen Brittingham. See you on another episode of Hollywood and Beyond. Thanks for listening. <laughs>